Hello and welcome to the Westover's Leftovers podcast, a weekly podcast following our Advent series, Perfect Christ. Everyone loves Sunday dinner, but what's even better is being able to enjoy leftovers from that dinner throughout the week. On Westover's Leftovers, we'll be talking to our pastors and guest speakers to dive deeper into their sermons and also to learn about their Sunday leftovers, parts that didn't quite make the cut for Sunday sermon, but are still good enough to listen to throughout the week. I'm your host, Kaylin Pierce, and this week I'm joined by guest speaker Myron Wilkins. Myron, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we've been blessed to have you at Westover many times uh, as a speaker, and actually you were one of the first speakers I heard on my first Sunday at Westover, um, so I always- you came back. Yeah, and I still came back, <laughs> <laughs> so I always enjoy hearing from you, um, and for those of you kind of like me who've seen you around Westover, um, but maybe you're not as familiar with what you do um, Monday to Friday throughout the week, can you tell us a little bit about- who you are and what you do. Well, thank you, Kaylin, for uh, inviting me on today. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm Myron Wilkins, and uh, I'm doing my day job. Um, I'm the um, president and executive director of Greensboro Ministry, uh, which is a faith-based uh, compassion work here in Greensboro that provides food, shelter, and long-term help and hope for people who are impacted by poverty, hunger, and homelessness. I'm a native of Philadelphia, as as I alluded to in my message on Sunday, and <laughs> I share my ministry with my dear wife, Anna, of 35 years, and have three adult sons and one granddaughter. And uh, so when I'm not doing all the other stuff, certainly um, they are the joy and the, 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 the pride and where I like to hang out. So. Perfect. Well, we're glad to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you. So during your sermon, you shared a, a quick story about a few people at Westover who come and sort food uh, at your food pantry. Um, but I know there's a lot of other ways to get involved. So how, if people are wanting to help out at Urban Ministries, uh, how can we get involved doing that? Yeah, we have a number of places to connect. In fact, you know, we, we touch the lives of about 22,000 households wow. every year uh, here in Greensboro. Um, people who... Uh, certainly, we serve the homeless and people who need food, but uh, we provide uh, transitional housing, those type of services for families and helping people stay in their housing. So we have volunteers in every area of our, of our work. In fact, if you came on campus any given day, uh, you'd be hard pressed to tell who was a volunteer and who worked here. In fact, on most days, uh, there's more volunteers, particularly before the pandemic, more volunteers on campus than there are staff at a given time. And, but in a tangible way, beyond, uh, we do need people who are willing to do food drives or come in to help sort food and get food to folks. We also uh, need people to be able to uh, come in and serve meals. We have a Potter's House community kitchen. And uh, most of all the meals that are served, they are served by volunteers. And many of them are even prepared and cooked um, by volunteers. And so we really need people to come and help with that. And the biggest way of volunteer and tangible way if folks can't give their time, we certainly do accept uh, financial support. And, and what that does for us is that it allows us to be able to have the funds we need to be strategic about the things that we get, even when we get, we appreciate donated food. Um, but when we have extra money, we're able to supply those things um, that don't always um, come in. Um, and particularly fresh fruit and fresh vegetables because we want to help people to be as healthy as possible 
uh, when they eat. So there's a variety of ways to touch base with us. Though that's just tips the iceberg. If you want to know more, if you go to our website, uh, greensburgministry.org, and click the volunteer um, button, it'll give you a list of opportunities and how to contact us around um, our voluntary support. Okay, and we'll add that website on our show notes as well, so people can just go there and click in. Thank Excellent. you. I've often heard that God is love in other sermons, and you brought that up in yours as well, but then you broke it down into several subpoints as well, um, one of which being God defines love. Uh, and I found that super interesting. Can you talk with us about that a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, you know, God being love, certainly that's who he is. And, um, but also because he is love, he maintains the authority to de define what love is. And in our culture today, um, there's a lot of things, a lot of definitions yeah. um, about love. One of the challenges that gets faced, I've, I've spent a lot of time as a pastor providing counseling and and particularly with couples. And oftentimes the counseling and the points of contention come around a distorted view of love where a husband um, has certainly says he loves his wife, um, but does he really love her as Christ loved the church and willing to die for her? Mm -hmm. Or is that love is that love coming from a place of more transactional type of a thing where as long as you're doing what pleases me, as long as you keep looking the way I think you ought to look, as long as you speak the way I want you to speak, then you will have my love. And so God says his love is unconditional, is selfless, is giving, and anything that is defined as love that's apart from God's definition is not his love because he is the final arbitrator in determining love and anything else is a false or distorted love. Amen. Another part that stood out to me was your point that God's love is transferable. Uh, and that really seems to echo the idea that love is a choice. Uh, can you talk more about that and kind of expand upon that idea? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we, particularly those of us as believers uh, who believe the Bible, who believe in Jesus, who, you know, uh, you'd be hard pressed to get a group of Bible-believing Christians together and says, so who doesn't believe that you ought to love other people, that you aren't or shouldn't live a life? We all can agree to that. Mm -hmm. um, but oftentimes when it comes down to the rubber meeting the road, um, uh, we can uh we can find ourselves challenged um, to be able uh, to, to, to do that. And so it is intentional um, that we have to say, I will love, I will allow God's love to flow through me because naturally for us as humans, because believe it or not, you know, if we really want to admit it, and some of you may disagree, but by nature, uh, we, as humans are pretty selfish. Uh, we like what we want, <laughs> when we want it, how we want it. And therefore we have to fight against the tendency to have everything be about us. And so God's love comes into us and transform us from that sinful tendency to be self-centered, to become God-centered and other-centered. And therefore the love that he gives us and love that he is by its natural result forces us to place it and send it out to, to, to others. And so, but we have to be intentional because even the best of us as Christians 
if left to our own devices or left to our own um, senses, um, can tend to be selfish. But because our theology is tight, we can believe we're being very giving. But in reality, could sometimes we serve people based on our terms mm-hmm. as opposed to serving people based on their terms. I said another message a while back that I was going to actually say again, but I said, no, I've already said that. And another message is that when we love people, we need to love people where they are. You know, so for example, I've used the example, some have heard me say that, you know, if you love sushi, that's great. But a lot of people don't love sushi. So if you love sushi and you give sushi to somebody who doesn't love it, are you really loving them? Or are you loving yourself? Mm -hmm. And so the idea would be knowing where people are, meeting where they are, and loving them where they are in a way that they can know and experience God's love. In a much more shallow example, um, my sister and I have had this conversation a couple of different times where an issue that she runs into, especially here around Christmas, is that she gives gifts that she wants instead of gifts that the other person wants. So I understand. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And I'm, and I'm sure many of us have closets full of things <laughs> that uh, we uh, were very grateful to get, but didn't necessarily fit our needs because um it wasn't quite speaking our love language. That's a good point. Absolutely. Yeah, no, but that was a, that's a great point of just rec- looking, recognizing where people are and meeting them where they're at. That's great. Yeah. All right. Well, to close us out, uh, because our podcast is called Westover's Leftovers, we would love to know what your favorite leftovers are. Um, my favorite leftovers are, um, cold pizza. Um, you know, I, I I just and that came from college days when you're you didn't have much going on and you had much money. So you if you had money to get a pizza, <laughs> um, you kind of made it last. And so you ate a few slices, put it in the refrigerator. And back in the olden days, when I was in college, you didn't have microwaves. <laughs> and so um, um, somebody on the floor may have had a toast oven and you might be able to get it in there. But usually you had to go cold and. It was an acquired taste. So still, even today, if this pizza, the cold pizza, there's something about it. I think it kind of reminds me of those college days more so than being uh, something that's really tasty. I love that. Thank you.